All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 146. We are recording on a Wednesday. Woo! Why, why are we recording on a Wednesday? Well, taking a couple of days off at the end of the week. So we decided to do it a little bit early. Some people actually in our mentions were saying, hey, you boys should be having an emergency podcast based on what happened yesterday. And we're going to get to all of it. But first, I want to shout out our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta, for helping us make this all possible. Head on out to see them if you're looking for service, if you're looking for a new vehicle. Again, Sherwood Ford. This is a broken record at this point. Broncos. Four Broncos. Now, it would just imagine how nice it would be to sit in an air-conditioned Bronco on a day like today cruising with my boys with some kind of like convoy situation maybe we could get some walkie talkies i know we've all got phones but walkie talkies are more fun <laughs> but it's only possible sherwood ford makes it happen so go follow them on twitter at sherwood ford and on instagram at sherwood ford underscore the giants mr uremchuk lead us off as you always do with the giant question of the week it's a real simple one but we want to get to the big news right off the hop here the sherwood ford giant question is simple what are your thoughts on the Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal? And I think it's only fair that we go to the president of the RNH fan club, Mr. Bag Milk, to take it away. Yesterday was a fun day, man. It was one of those days where if you've been an Oilers fan your whole life, as you always are, it's too often we grew up, I, like Rick, Dan, and myself, we probably grew up in eras where our favorite players ended up leaving because of contracts. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of time in the nineties and the others just couldn't afford people. Um, there was a lot of time when people just didn't want to come here, didn't want to stay here. They would come, we'd fall in love and they'd bounce. But yesterday was a day where a guy who was drafted by the team, a first overall in 2011 
re-signed and made it adamant that he was staying here because he wanted to be part of the Edmonton Oilers. He wanted to be part of the city. He loves the fan base. He loves the team. He loves his teammates. And he wanted to commit on an eight-year contract, probably to end out his career as an Edmonton Oiler, making him the first coast-to-coast Oiler to get drafted and then retire as an Oiler. I mean, you could argue Oscar Kleffbaum is going to be in there too, but for completely different reasons that are a lot more of a bummer. But when it comes to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it was months of wondering, will he, won't he? I think all of us, actually aside of Dan, uh, kind of expected him to be back. And not to say that Dan didn't want him back. It was just kind of a feeling of, will he, won't he? But we were all hoping he would be coming back. And then to wake up yesterday, I'll just walk you through my day for a minute here, Tyler. Woke up yesterday, my alarm goes off. I'm avoiding getting up as I always do. Give him a, give him a boy, Frank, a couple of scratches on his tummy because he loves it. And then I finally look at my phone and I've got 12, 15 messages already. And it's before it's, we're talking seven 30 in the morning. So first of all, my first reaction was, Oh shit, something happened to the site. <laughs> Secondly, Oh shit. What happened? Secondly, I comprehend what's actually happening and that Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be signing an eight year extension. First of all, who was ever talking about an eight year extension for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Nobody. And then to see that the numbers coming out at 5.1, very team friendly deal, in my opinion, on the AAV, a little bit longer than probably a lot of us would have liked or maybe thought was going to happen. But I was happy, man. I was really happy. And it was happy to see not just that the Oilers locked a guy down who wanted to be here, locked a guy down who is a part of the solution, in my opinion, but also that the fan base had something to really get behind. I'm going to say what 90% of the fan base was super pumped to have Ryan Nugent Hopkins sign an extension that it's going to keep him here until his mid thirties. That doesn't happen around the NHL a lot. And the fact that it happened here with our boy, a guy who's beloved in the city for the most part, it was just, it was a good day. It was a fun day. The feedback was great. My mentions personally were so much fun that it was almost like I signed the contract extension. People were so happy for me specifically that Nugent Hopkins <laughs> signed an extension that it was, it was a lot of fun. If I said I got 50 DMs on Instagram yesterday, that's probably light. If my mentions on Twitter were any indication, people were happy. Keep Nuge forever was trending everywhere. And to think that that was a hashtag I started 10 years ago as a dumb joke, and then it's still rolling now and turning into merch. We've got different flavors of the Keep Nuge Forever shirt coming out soon. It's just, it was a fun day. It was a fun day to be an Oilers fan yesterday. It just came on a Tuesday. Nobody saw it coming. It was, it was great. It was fun. I'm happy. I'm excited. My boy's back. Josh T. Park makes a hell of a Nuge video that's going everywhere. And great day. It was a fun day to be an Oilers fan yesterday. Fun day to get Nugent Hopkins locked up. And a reasonable deal, too. A reasonable deal that I don't think a lot of people expected. Um, I got plenty to say, but I don't want to talk for an hour straight. So what did you guys think? Tyler, you're up. Uh, I just think I'll take, you know, you did a great job summing up how the fan base should feel about this and having a guy who clearly wants to commit to the city, who loves being an oiler and loves the fan base that that's a feel good moment for, for everyone involved. And I think that's tremendous. I, you know, I, I kind of like to bring it back to the nerdy contract side of things as I do. And I'll say this, I think both sides should be absolutely thrilled with this contract. If Ryan Nugent Hopkins wanted to go chase a higher AAV, somewhere else he could have he gets 41 million dollars over eight years 
And he probably could have gotten somewhere close to 36 million on a six year deal and then made up more money going forward. But he got the security that he wanted. He should be very happy with that. And Ken Holland should be thrilled that he's getting a guy whose value on the open market for the next couple of years would have been over $6 million. He's getting him at roughly a $1 million discount for the next two, three, four seasons. And that's going to help the Oilers build up a better team. I think it's tremendous value for Nugent Hopkins, who is likely going to be used as a left winger for the majority of this contract, but has that element of versatility in his game where he can move towards the middle of the ice. He can kill penalties. He can contribute on the power play like he has his entire career. He's so versatile. He brings so many teams to this league or so many things to this team, both on the ice and off the ice in terms of the intangibles. I I just think it was an A-plus contract for a player who I think has been an A-plus oiler his entire career. And that entire career now looks like it'll be spent in blue and orange. It's just, it's fantastic all around from me. Dan? Uh, Well, uh, Tyler said it and you guys, and you said it, Bag Milk, you guys have kind of covered it well. One thing I wanted to kind of talk about, and maybe I'm completely out of left field on this, but I think that some credit has to be given to Craig McTavish who back in 2014 signed Nugent Hopkins and Eberle and Hall to $6 million deals that at the time, other than Taylor Hall, I think were looked at as a little bit, a little bit pricey for those guys. But what it did is it gave this organization some stability. Now, when you say that uh, looking back on it, of course, we lost two of the three players to, uh, to different issues and different deals. But uh, when it comes to Nugent Hopkins, I don't think you have this this kind of uh, this kind of loyalty from a player who hasn't seen much success, if any at all, up until this point. Unless you did have something like that, what McTavish did. Of course, there's there's the element of the team around him and and McDavid and Drysaitel and and Nurse and all those kinds of things. But I, I do think that there is a little bit of a, a hat tip to Craig McTavish for that six million dollar deal that he did for six years per uh, back in 2014 as well. The funny thing, too, about that is, so our boy Oilers Adam makes some memes for the nation from time mm-hmm. to time. And yesterday he made one that made me laugh. It was Nugent Hopkins signing his first contract, his ELC with Steve Tambellini, and then yesterday Nugent Hopkins <laughs> on his press call. And outside of his neck tripling in size, the guy hasn't aged a day. <laughs> he looks the exact same. I love it. It's amazing. Rick, your thoughts on yesterday? I'm glad it's over. I never had any, um, I never had too much fear. I never had too much fear that wasn't going to get done. Uh, I just thought everything that Nuge brings to the table is it's going to cost you way more than what you're going to have to pay him. Um, if you listen to dusty this morning, Ken Holland was on with him, and it was like, he was reading it off a scroll, (laughs) just kind of labeling all the things he does. And he's like, he does this and he does this and you can do this with him and blah, blah, blah. It was just like a long, long list. And, yeah, I just that's that's a player that's too valuable to let a walk away, and uh, I just hope this kind of like eases up some of the uh, some of the people that are out there that have uh, the just the hate for Holland. Like, I think he's done a pretty good job with the team so far. Uh, I know there's been a lot of fear that he's going to do this, that, or the other thing, and I don't think he really has outside of Cassian and the and the double A trade, um, which were all pre-COVID and screwed up because of COVID. Um, I think he's done a pretty good job. Uh, this gives me a uh, a lot more confidence going to this summer that what he's doing is what he's been saying he's going to do is, you know, wait till this summer to really put it together that that's actually going to happen. So I love it getting it done right now. And I'm really excited to see what he, what he puts together going forward. And I think too, one thing that I just want to, sorry, Tyler, one thing I want to mention too is Ryan Nugent Hopkins 
despite having a bad year. I think we all agree yeah. he didn't have a great year. But perfect. He kept it cheaper. He saved us money with this this yeah. year. He could have been two more million dollars, right? We talked about it going in, going like seven was seven kind of silly. Yeah, it was we kind of your ceiling. Now we're seven. getting him at look, now we got him at five. Like this is I know it wasn't a great year for him, but man, does it pay off for us in the long run. But the point I was, yeah, I completely agree. The point I was getting to is despite having a bad year, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was still going to be one of the most chased free agents this summer. Mm -hmm. And rather than even check and look and see what was out there, he decided to commit to the organization that drafted him. And I hope that Oilers fans can kind of, even if you're, you were soured on Nugent Hopkins from last year, I hope you can at least take a moment to understand that one of the best available forward free agents this summer decided to stay where he was at a discount from where he could have been because he wants to be here for a franchise and a fan base that has, has to suffer through, first of all, countless years of just not being able to afford things like this to having to way overpay guys to come in or just even overpay in general. This is a good thing for the organization and the city. And I hope the fans are also excited about that because he signed until the end of his career or, you know, close to it. Mm -hmm. that's huge. That's huge because in this city, to sign for cheaper because he believes in the team, he believes in his squad, and he believes in the fan base and franchise. That's a big moment for the for the team, in my opinion. Absolutely. Like we we've already, yeah, we've talked about that a lot now, but just having a guy who wants to be here. Like you think back to, you know, the Danny Heatley thing, the Michael Nylander <laughs> thing, the Chris Pronger thing. Like the list goes on of guys who who have kind of snubbed us a little and given us the cold shoulder and to have someone who embraces being an Edmontonian and an oiler and loves it the way Nuge does. Don't take it for granted. And it really is part, part of the reason why that it, you're so happy to see that eight year tag attached to it. And he wanted a no movement clause on top of that. Not only was he cool with signing for eight years, but he's like, you better not fucking trade me either. And it's just, I don't uh, like now that this is done and he talked about it a little bit yesterday, Ryan Rashog again, Rashog has been ask, asking great questions lately. And he asked Nuge like, now that the contract's done, like looking back, do you think that it affected you? And again, Nuge didn't want to hold it as an excuse, but I refuse to believe that part of the reason he struggled a little bit this year was that the unknown of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. They Ken Holland in his presser started, they said they started talking about this in January of 2020. And then a fucking pandemic happened. And then they were working through it again. And then the numbers didn't work before the season. And then they go through it and Nuge didn't have a great year. Um, but then to lock it down, a, a deal that, in my opinion, works for both sides. That's a nice yeah. piece of work by Ken Holland. Um, and it's a nice piece of work from Nugent Hopkins to get there. Just, uh, just for some contract comparables, I didn't get to this earlier when I wanted to, but I looked up forwards who signed contracts as unrestricted free agents. So guys that were in the similar boat as Nugent Hopkins. And Nugent Hopkins will now be the 55th highest paid forward who signed a deal as an unrestricted free agent. The players who are right below him earning $5 million a year, Jonathan Marchessault, Josh Bailey, J.G. Pajot, and Evgeny Dadanov, And the players who are actually in the kind of 10 spots above Nugent Hopkins, Yanni Gord, Franz Nielsen, Jacob Silverberg, Charlie Coyle, uh, Brian Little, Patrick Hornquist, Michael Backlund, Andrew Ladd, Gustav Nyquist, and Jordan Eberle. Those are the guys making five and a half 
or less. Like when you look at those comparables, it's pretty easy to see that the Oilers got a really good value here with the Nugent Hopkins AAV being at 5.125. And also, even at the point when this contract will age and it's in the final few years, by that point, the cap not might not just go up, it might start to skyrocket because we'll be through the pandemic and we'll be at the point where the U.S. money's kicking in, a new Canadian TV deal might kick in on top of that. So we might be seeing the salary cap shoot up by the end of that, where $5 million, even if this goes bad and Nugent Hopkins is only a third-line penalty-killing defensive forward at that point, if that's what he is, $5 million might actually be pretty stomachable at that point. Well, that's the well, thing, I- too. I was just going to say, cause like I, cause you mentioned it, Beg Milk, like I was the one where I just said, I, I just been preparing myself for the fact that he wasn't coming back. Um, hopeful that it did happen. And I'm happy that it did happen. But all along I was saying that if the number starts with six, it's a, it's a new friendly deal. If the number starts with five, it's a team friendly deal. And I was thinking 5.9, Yeah, you know, I was thinking as close to six as you could get, but but that didn't happen. And you're right, Tyler, you know, like what a, a $3 million deal today will be if, if the salary cap goes in the projection that it was going pre pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, a $5 million deal will be what a $3 million deal is today. So that's uh, it, the value there is just, it's unreal for what you're getting uh, from a Nugent Hopkins. And if his offensive numbers do slide, players don't forget how to play the game of hockey and play defensively. That's just, that's just not their, that's not most of the players MO. So, so even if he does end up sliding into that third, third line center role, that's a great player to have as a third line center. Well, and you touched on it too. Ken Holland talked about yesterday. Part of the reason is if you lose uh, to quote or to paraphrase Holland yesterday, he says, if you lose Brian Nugent Hopkins, you create a massive hole because of everything he does. He's a, he's a Swiss army knife for this team. He Yes, I agree. He's probably going to play left wing, but he can play center if you need him to. And that's the kind of flexibility that I wish we had throughout the lineup, but we just don't. Nuge plays all situations. They're up by a goal. He's out there. They're down by a goal. He's out there. Power play out there. PK out there. You name it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out there. So I think this is a really good deal for the Oilers. I think it's a really good deal for Nugent Hopkins. Gives him the security he wanted. It gives him the term he wanted. It shows the fan base he's ready to commit to both the the team and the city. It's a good day. It's a good day to be an Oilers fan to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins sign an extension. And like, not to mention this contract, probably three, four years in, I'm really bad at math. So don't check my math on this. Three, four, four and a half years in, provided that he's healthy and playing, no one will play more games in an Oilers uniform than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Mm-hmm. He's going to pass Ryan Smith. He's going to pass Kevin Lowe. 18 years if he plays out this deal. That's a long time. That's a long friendship. And I'm very excited about it. Just I like I'm very excited. Sorry, go oh, ahead, Dan. I was just going to say that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in today's NHL. It Most, doesn't. You know, like Mike Medano played for the Detroit Red Wings. Like, a, like that, to, oh, me, yeah. to me, <laughs> I forgot Mike that. Medano playing for the Detroit Red Wings was like a signal that this just, we are in a new world where players don't usually stay with their teams their entire career. Uh, that, could, that, could be, that could be, that could be, that type of thing ha- could happen to Nuge too when he's the, by the time of the end of the contract. 100%, of course. And, and it, and yeah, right. But, but the way that it's looking at it right now, like it's not even, it's not even like a, it's not even a question at this moment. You're right; it could happen, but because Madano didn't go, Madano didn't go out to Detroit till he was there until his last year. Yeah, until and that's his last that's year. with all these guys at the Reeboks and everybody like that. 
but you look at Joe Thornton, you look at Patrick Marlowe, you look at all those, those greats, uh, you know, Jerome McGinley, same thing. Those guys are all just, they all move on at some point and you're right. Nugent Hopkins. But why, still but why, but why were those three leave? Cause they're old. They want to oh, play chasing championships, man. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah. That's we don't fair. have to worry about that with Nugent. You get Nuge a couple of cups here, and he's not going to want to chase the championship. Ray Bork left because he's chasing. Jerome McGinley left because he's chasing. You know, they Madano start at the end of their career. But yeah, Madano. Yeah, but yeah. But I get your point. I hear your point. My point is that you guys should get yourself something to eat. It's lunchtime. It's from where? From where? As we where should we get this. something to eat from? Skipthedishes.ca. <laughs> you want Arby's, Tyler? No problem. If you're in my hood. Out here on the West End, you can get Arby's to your house. You yeah, can deliver it. Right. You can do the beef and ched Big Mac that I invented a while back, where you just pop the top bun off the second one. You're stacking, baby. They it's have the half possible. pound beef and cheddar. They have the half pounder already. Yeah, but I want to top. I want to stack them. Want <laughs> you want two half? Them. You want a one pounder? Oh, yeah. I dig the way you. Um, yeah, yeah. We're just losing I'm the on top bun now. on one of those. We're just losing the top bun. We're stacking. Mm, we're going keto here. We're yeah. We're not worried about. Let's get rid of the, the gluten and the carbs here. Let's get the meat and the cheese. Yeah, you keep me carbed up. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Skipthedishes.ca. Whether you're looking for Arby's, maybe you need a cocktail. It is hot, hot outside. I don't know if anybody's mentioned this, but it is warm in Edmonton. Maybe you need a cocktail. <laughs> Skipthedishes.ca can help you get there, provided that you're of legal drinking age or you're just hungry and don't want to cook. I am not turning on my oven. But our friends at Skip the Dishes no. will have options for the fine restaurants in Edmonton that will turn on their ovens for you. Skipthedishes.ca. So before we started recording this today, I was speaking to Wanye about what a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins signing means. We were just talking shop, talking all kinds of things. And I told him, I got to go, Wanye. We're recording ON Radio. He's like, well, then I want you to ask this question to the boys. And Tyler, you're a little bit younger, so I might have to lean on Rick and Dan on this one. But... Who do you think is a more beloved fan favorite? Era appropriate, of course. Different players, different times. Ryan Smith or Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Both beloved by the fan bases. Both skilled. Both high draft picks. Both spent a lot of time here. Both mean a lot to a lot of people. What do you think? If you're thinking Smitty, you're thinking Nuge. Both named Ryan, weirdly. One left at the airport and one will be here forever. Rick, I'm starting off with you, buddy. We've been Oilers fans a long time. We've seen a lot of favorites come and go. But these two seem to live in a different kind of, in a different space for a lot of us. Well, I think they're going to have uh, two different timelines to be judged upon. Pre-UFA day and post-UFA day. Obviously, post, it's going to be Nuge because he's sticking around and that got ironed out. And whoever you blamed um, on Smitty leaving, uh, Nuge isn't leaving, so at the end of the day, he's going to win that vote, I think. Um, before, I think Nuge is the better player. Uh, I think he's probably more important on your roster. But in the game of hockey, um, to become a fan favorite or, you know, kind of win the hearts of people, uh, I think Ryan Smith probably wins that race because he's done things like leaving – Teeth and blood and whatever on the ice and just getting off the ice and someone pops a chiclet in there or something like that. And he goes back out there, doesn't really miss a shift. Not to say the Nuge isn't like that, but he just hasn't been in the positions to, you know, take a pronger 
a pronger pass to the mouth and go get sewn up and be back on the next shift. Um, so when it comes to like who, who I think is the biggest quote unquote fan favorite, I think because of the blue collarness of, of his, of his play and some guys just going, you know, all oh, new, just too soft, blah, blah, blah. Um, that I think Smith, I think Smitty's going to win that. But personally, I think the, uh, the better player all around player would be Nuge. Dan, what are you thinking? Smitty, Nuge, two Ryans, one Dan. Well, for the record, I blame the Colorado Avalanche for everything that happened with the Ryan Smith deal because they paid him more than Nugent Hopkins is being paid now. Uh, but he went to the Islanders. Yeah, he went to the Islanders. He went to the Islanders, but the, the Avalanche were the ones that were – the Avalanche were just the team that gave him the money that that created that situation where the Oilers weren't, gonna, weren't willing to pay that much for Ryan Smith. And I think that that's where the difference happens. Ryan Smith didn't have the same level of skill in the sense – the, like we've talked about with Nuge, that utility knife kind of skill set um, that that Smith didn't have. Smith had all the heart and grit in the world, and at that time in his great hair his too. career, yeah, and great hair. And at that time in his career, that was super valued around the league. There were so many teams that were vying for that that passion, that that heart, that whatever, and that that thing that you can't see on a spreadsheet. And so Smith, you know to his credit, went and got paid by the Colorado Avalanche $6.25 million for five years. And so I don't, I don't blame him for that. But so for me to answer the question, uh, skill wise, it's, it's, it's not even a, it's not even a question for me. It's Nugent Hopkins every time. Uh, but fan favorite wise, just because he was here when the lead, the years were lean, the talent was lean. We talk about all the other talent that left in the time that he was here. We had Bill Guerin, we had Doug Waite, Anson Carter, all these guys, but the one constant was Ryan Smith. The difference for him versus Nugent Hopkins is there's a ton of fan favorites now on this team. And, and there's a ton of guys that, that not necessarily dwarf him in skill, but are a little bit more skilled than he is. So for me, the fan favorite is always going to be Ryan Smith in that equation. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you guys. I mean, like I was at the game where Smith picked up his teeth off the ice. You know what I mean? I was there. I watched it. And then, he was the guy for so many years. And I remember watching, I took the day off at trade deadline day, the day he got traded to New York. I took the day off from work. Cause that's what you used to do back in the day, Tyler, before the Twitter days. Yep. And it was, it was a real bummer. It was an incredible that was bummer. day. That was a real tough day. And then when he did his presser at the, at the, at the airport saying he was going to bring the Stanley cup back to Edmonton, if he won it with the Islanders, it was just, it was a tough day and I was really concerned that we were going to live through another one this summer with another Ryan. That means a lot to people, but Nugent Hopkins is going to be a fan favorite that can may catch Smith. Now that he's probably going to close things out here, hopefully knock on wood, but I think it's tough to beat Smitty. He just meant everything to everybody for so long. And he was the guy it's like Dan said, he was the guy for a long time. He was the guy standing in front of the net that would score a goal with his face if he could. And I think in a city like Edmonton, that goes a long way. But I do think that Nugent Hawkins can get there because look at the reaction yesterday. The bulk of people were like, holy shit. I even saw Flames fans talking about how good yeah. of a deal this was for the Oilers. So, Dude, it's, it saved him from like signing, like it saved him from becoming the next Sean Horkoff. Like he could have signed his deal yeah. And if he doesn't 
quote unquote live up to it the way some people think, yeah. they're gonna shit on shit all over them for it, right? There's so I mean, angle? that's exactly what happened with the Horkov thing. So the fact is, it's where it is. I think he's got he's got like no pressure the rest rest of the go here. It is funny now. Hork, to think about it, Horkov that deal has paid him more than Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to make next year. Um, but also, it had saved him from doing a uh, and I've mentioned it before, but like an Anson Carter situation where he was in a great spot with the Sedins when he was in Vancouver, and then he signed for the bag in Columbus, and it was just never the same. You know, Nugent Hopkins could have chased the bag in Seattle or you know a handful of other cities that would have paid him more, but it didn't. They didn't even get the chance to ask. And I think that's probably going to go a long way for the city, for who is a fan favorite in this city. Tyler, you're the youngster on this podcast. Close it up. Yeah, I think I think Ryan Smith still has sort of that that more of a legendary status, right? Like he had those moments in the 06 Cup run, and he was here at some points where offense was hard to find. So he was able to stand out and be a leader in that sense a little bit more. And he played that blue collar style of game that a majority of Oilers fans are always going to be drawn to. So I I think there are, you know, every Oilers fan appreciates what Ryan Nugent Hopkins does. And, you know, there was not very much, if any bad reaction to this contract on social media, because everyone for the most part loves their baby faced Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But if we're talking about, you know, who's going to be, that legendary, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like folklore, right? When you hear the stories of Ryan Smith. Now, I don't yeah. think we'll ever get there with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, maybe, but maybe we'll oh, have exactly. some playoff moments. Maybe those will come in this next deal, but I still just think Ryan Smith will always have such a special place in the hearts of Oilers fans that Nugent Hopkins might not ever be there, especially when he's on a team with McDavid and dry And that's part of it as well. I think that this is a great question right now, but I think it'll be an even better question at the end of Nugent Hopkins tenure here because, yeah. mm-hmm. because then you're going to have the entirety of his time. He's always going to have that Oilers logo in every picture that he takes with him. But Tyler said it, the moments, I think the yeah. moments are the key for, for any legendary status for any player of any city is those moments that you can look back on and say, you remember when Nugent Hopkins scored that shorthanded goal in game yeah. six of the Stanley cup finals? Like those things are the things that are going to, establish yourself as a as a fan favorite new just hasn't had that opportunity yet but him signing that contract allows for these opportunities to continue and hopefully come sooner rather than later one uh, moment i want to give him credit for is kickstarting the battle of alberta two years ago yeah that fight with monaghan Everybody expected Cassie and Kachuk. Everybody knew it was coming, but the fight with Monaghan, when Nugent Hopkins started the lawnmower in front of the bench, I watched that again yesterday. The boys on the bench were fired up. Nugent Hopkins teeing off on Monaghan, that kind of kick-started the Battle of Alberta. So mm-hmm. if he can do some of that in the playoffs maybe this is a different conversation years from now, you know? Yeah. One other thing quickly to bring it back to the nerd hockey talk that I like to do. I saw a few people wondering, you know, why are they doing this now with the Seattle expansion coming? Why wouldn't you have just sort of kept this deal in your back pocket and signed it later? Um, But when you look at the Oilers expansion situation up front, McDavid, Dreisaitl, even with Nugent Hopkins protected, Pugliarvi's number four, Yamamoto's number five, that means they still have two more spots, even with Nuge signed, to give to either Benson, Archibald, Cassian, or Kara. So, like, they still have a ton of flexibility in the expansion draft. And you could argue they could make a trade and bring in one more 
forward in the before the expansion draft yet and maybe vulture someone else's list and, and pluck a player of quality away from a team like Boston or New York nice. or the Islanders, a team, a team with a lot of talent that they need to protect. So uh, the expansion draft, less of an issue with Nuge than it would be for a potential Larson deal. Well, and doesn't does this maybe signal to you that the Oilers aren't so concerned about the expansion draft and maybe already have a deal in place with Seattle? Maybe. Maybe. I think I the like, Larson deal will tell us more. Because if, yeah, if you wait on the Larson deal, all of a sudden, you know, there's a chance you can keep Jones protected. And Seattle at that point might be like, okay, what, what's the deal here for James Neal kind of thing, right? Like, what, what can we work out? And also, I asked Dan, I asked Frank Saravalli, dailyfaceoff.com's Woo! Frank Saravalli. I asked did him. Did you just text real- him? Did you just, te- did you ask him a question on text? Did you give him a call? Stop I could by his house. Call. I'll just call him. Maybe, maybe me and Frank will FaceTime a little bit. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I asked him on real life on Thursday about the expansion draft. And I was like, what do you think is going to happen this week, for, this year, Frank? And he says, Dan, he thinks GMs have learned from the, the, the Vegas expansion. And that guys, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, I'm paraphrasing that guys are just going to let you come and take their player. Just, I would rather lose one than make a deal and possibly lose two or more, you know, like well, Florida. Yeah, but, Dale Talon's the guy that everybody points yeah. at. But I, I think like, I think for our situation, it's, it's trying to take a James Neal or a Koskinen off our hands. Not so much as you're right. Like a Florida protecting a certain player by exposing another player. Like it was that it was goofy, but I think our situation is a little bit different. I, I don't know. And maybe Cervelli's right. And, and hopefully, you know, for GM's sake, he is right. But I, I, I tend to believe that the GMs are all, uh, you know, think that they're smarter than they are. And, and I, I got to say, when I was looking at that list of potential protect, I don't know who tweeted it, Stoffer or... Uh, Stoff, yeah. Stoff. When I looked at it, first thought that I came to my mind was, fuck me, do we need some better forwards around here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if those last two spots we're using for the expansion draft are like a Cassian-esque, like really, you know, because we do me, have a couple, we have a couple that you can't touch though. Just the young, young, young ones, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Paul no, Ray and Lavoie. Well, sure. But you should never be using your expansion protection list for players that they won't take. Mm-hmm. That's that's where no, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just, say, I'm just but, saying like in terms the, of like, we need some more forwards. Yeah. We Agreed. do have some on the way. It's just, yeah. We have some on the way, but I'm just talking like immediately. Like if we're using two spots on Josh Archibald, (laughs) I love Josh Archibald. Don't get me wrong. I'm an Archibald guy, but like protecting him in expansion. Okay. And and like if Seattle's grabbing Josh Archibald, you're doing okay. Yeah. I'm okay with losing uh, Josh Archibald, right? Like uh, as much as I love Josh Archibald. Do you Uh, hold on to Archibald or Cassian? If you only had one of the two. Archibald. Who do you you protect? Contract Archibald. Getting the contract relief of losing Zach Cassian would be really, really tempting. Uh, but what we were getting at with like potentially, you know, vulturing in and, and attacking a team who, who might need to expose a few good players. Like look at Boston, right? Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshawn, Charlie Coyle, all no movement clauses. If they sign Taylor Hall, they'd already be up to five forwards protected, which means they have two spots for Jake DeBrusque, Craig Smith, Andre Kasha, and guy like younger forwards too, Zach Sinition, Jacob Carlson for or Forsbaka Carlson, Nick Ritchie's in there as well. If you were to go to Boston and be like, hey, we'll give you next year's second round pick and maybe even like a fourth rounder as well for Jake DeBrusque. And then they're able to go to Seattle and be like, hey, this fourth round pick we have, 
we'll give you that to like not touch this, but like there's a chance for teams to like really bring in some extra value that they can then parlay onto Seattle and like really help with their expansion situation. It'd be interesting to see what kind of moves will be out there. Well, do you have Holland's number? Have you given him some of this advice here? Cause what you're saying here, I like the way it, some of this sounds. Yeah, I, I also like the way it sounds. It sounds like another thing about the Nugent Hopkins deal is that now we need to find one top six winger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. That is a much different job than had he walked away and you have to find two. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I, what other teams, Tyler, I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit cause we didn't talk about this, but are yeah. there any other teams that come to mind where you're just like, they might have some expansion issues as well. If they go maybe even the seven, if, even with the seven, three. I would be all over the New York Islanders right now. And I'm looking at their situation right now. They have a lot of players already signed, but they only have $5.7 million in cap space. They need to give their young goalie, Ilya Sorokin, a new deal. They need to give defenseman Adam Pellick a new deal. Uh, If they want to bring back one of Palmieri or Zajac, they need new deals. And then there's Anthony Beauvillier, who's a restricted free agent. The Islanders barely have any money as it is. And when you look at their expansion draft situation that they're facing, going through the forwards they have to protect, they're going to have to keep Barzell, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberle, Josh Bailey, John Gabriel Pajot is number six already on that list. So they can't sign Palmieri till after the expansion draft then. Beauvillier could be that last spot, but then they could have to give up on a guy like Kiefer Bellows, who was their first round pick a couple of years ago as well. I would be all over the Islanders trying to get Anthony Beauvillier before the expansion draft. If I don't get him before the expansion draft, I'm hitting Anthony Beauvillier with an offer sheet and trying to get him out of Long Island. That's a guy 24 years old, left wing, plays a bit of a hard-nosed style, was really good for them in the playoffs, skates well, can finish. There's a ton of reasons to like that guy, and there's a ton of reasons to think he might slip through the equation out on Long Island. Dude, I like Ricard it. I like going to be upset Tyler. when he hears this. Yeah, Ricardo absolutely. Ricardo calls me very upset when he hears this. <laughs> I love this. I love GM Tyler. What else you got for us? Who else you trade uh, for? Honestly, like the the idea of getting one of DeBrusque or Barzell out of those two teams who have problems with expansion and salary cap issues on top of Beauvillier, that. Beauvillier, Beauvillier, how, Barzell. How, how I was going to say, Sorry, did you yeah, make Beauvillier. a mistake there? How funny would that be to have Barzell come back now? <laughs> yeah, I meant to say uh, Beauvillier. Looking around, I haven't really dug in too <laughs> deeply with uh, with a lot of other teams. A, a team like Detroit might end up being interesting, although they don't have a ton of value. But like a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi out of there, again, would probably be an absolute dream for the Oilers. What's going on with St. Louis right now? I, I really wonder. Tarasenko is the big name that Frank Saravalli is reporting is available. I don't think I love that, though. Like he He's only played like 30-some games in the last two years because his shoulder's all fucked up. And if anyone knows how bad shoulder injuries can get, it's Oilers fans. So well, I, 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 I was just going to say, maybe Tarasenko works perfectly then because we've just got the fucking pipeline right to the shoulder gap. Yeah. What if we go shoulder for shoulder? Clef bomb for Tarasenko? You'd have to throw in picks and, and you have to make the money work. Like he's making seven is, and a half is, million is dollars. St- so. Is St. Louis trying to get out from this contract? So how bad does St. Louis want to get out of this contract? If we did something along the lines of say, and I know you probably have to throw in a draft pick, but if you do just for numbers wise, you do Miko and Clef bomb and throw in whatever pick you need to do, they get most likely Clef <laughs> bomb's contract goes away, right? So you save 4.7 yeah. that way. And then, in, and then next year, you get um, the other four, whatever, out of uh, out of what's his face's con- out of Miko's contract. I'm sure the Blues would love 
Miko Koskinen, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at but they don't they don't have a they don't they, they don't have a, a backup goaltender either, I don't think. I'm yeah. looking at this Tarasenko thing and Tyler's he played 34 games over the last two years. Obviously a concern, but like mm-hmm. just for fun. He was back really? for the playoffs, right? So he was like technically over the injury. Yeah, he played four trust. games in the playoffs, two goals. Could you imagine two That's all they when played, Connors though. win? Could you imagine? What about, yes. what about if you could yes. squeeze either Devin Taves or uh, uh, Adam, or Ryan? Is it Ryan Graves out of yeah, Colorado? Ryan Graves. Colorado's like, in a tough spot too. When you look at their defense, Dan, just to quickly give the info here, Eric Johnson has a no movement clause. Then there's Sam Gerrard, Devin Taves, Ryan Graves, and Kale McCarr. That's five D men that all need to be protected, and you can only keep three of them. So they're they're in a real tough spot with their blue line coming up here. Bench is going to be interesting, man. How far? What, what's the date on that, baby? Uh, coming up on your list has to be submitted by the 17th, and the draft is on the 21st, I want to say. Um, 21st, was, yep. Yeah. Um, so we got a little bit of time left to debate the expansion list. I imagine we'll talk about it there, a bit over the next two weeks. There was another – oh, the other deal that, I, that I'm just drooling about. I was thinking of – Come on, GM so, Tyler. So we, <laughs> saw, we saw the reports from Friedman that the Oilers might be interested in like either Dumba or Giordano, which we can get into. But the Oilers might be looking for a defenseman if Clefbaum is indeed not going to play again. Nashville has Matthias Ekholm on the market. Left D, one year left, $3.75 million. Very, very, very good deal. Like that's a guy who is real close to a legit top pairing option. And then they also have Victor Arvidsson, who is reportedly available. Three more years, 4.2 million. What would it cost for the Oilers to do a little one-stop shop and go to David Poyle and the Predators and get both Arvidsson and Ekholm? The deal probably has to begin with your next two first-round picks. But even then... I'm probably adding to that package to get Ekholm and Arvidsson. That's a, those are two guys. How much, how much money in seven million? It would be, it would be about 8 million even combined for both of them. And you're getting a legit, legit stud top four guy in Ekholm and a legitimate top six forward who has term and is still in his prime. Like everything about that deal. Like I might do two firsts and two prospects to get that done. But are the Nashville Predators ready to rebuild right now where they've got Matt Duchesne signed at $8 million until 2026. They got Ryan Johansson signed to till for $8 million until 2025 and Philip Forsberg for another year at 6 billion. Like, I don't know. That's if only ready. three players though. I, I'm not sure. To, well, and then to, Roman Yossi and Ryan on. Ellis are signed each at 9 million and 6 million per past 2028. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what, what Nashville would be ready to do, but the, there's reports that both those guys could be available. And if they are, I think they're both great fits in Edmonton. I like GM Tyler. We should uh, we need more GM Tyler, I think. We need people there, to send in, trade, send in trade proposals and we can break them down. I like that. Uh, if you want, leave it for us on the voicemail. It's supposed to be for real life, but we're stealing we'll them. Yeah. Let's take over we're their voicemail. stealing them. So uh, one, if you, one ahead, rule man. for that though, is that EA sports has to be able yeah. to approve your trade before oh, it can course. be mentioned Tyler. Of course. That's where it all the best trades the happen. It has to pass the EA bar before Tyler will even listen to it. <laughs> exactly. So Tyler will be running all your trade ideas through the old internet machine on EA sports to see if it's, if it's plausible or not. But yeah, hit us up. 
If you need the link for the voicemail, it will be in the article on the website, oilersnation.com. Leave us a voicemail. It's meant for real life. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, boys, let me check the old timer and see. Ah, yes, it is time to talk about Cornerstone Insurance. Our friends at Cornerstone have been a family-owned business for 90 years, and they have got all the insurance products you need for your life. Residential, commercial, life, auto, whatever you need. It's all right there on the website. And on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a little button for citizens of the nation. Click that. Get yourself a deal. Cornerstoneins.ca. Again, that's cornerstoneins.ca. It's funny that we've already made it through 40 minutes of this podcast and we didn't even talk about Connor McDavid winning everything last night, both Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay Award. He is only the second player in NHL history with now with Wayne Gretzky to win unanimously. Every single first place vote went to Connor McDavid. And I don't know about you boys, but I was pleasantly surprised that a lot of writers or actually all writers didn't overthink it. You looked at a 105 point season in 56 games. You're like, yep, that's good enough for me. What do you guys think? Tyler, McDavid adding to his trophy case. Yeah, it was really cool to see all the writers kind of come together. Like think how often you get a hundred people to agree on anything today is is what Frank Cervalli said. And for all 100 writers to kind of put maybe their hometown biases aside in some cases, because I really did think there was going to be a writer from Boston who would vote for Marchand, a writer from Colorado who would vote. What are you talking about? <laughs> a writer from Colorado who was probably going to vote McKinnon. And no, right, no writer from Toronto voted for Austin Matthews. The whole thing is like, it's awesome. McDavid deserves this honor. Um, generational player to the max, right? And, and he deserves these kind of honors and footnotes to go along with his career. So it was very well-deserved. Um, do you want me to go with the dry set of McDavid fact now or information now, or do we want everyone else's thoughts on just McDavid? Well, just I just wanted to quickly. Go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to say like credit to the P, uh, HWA, which I think gets, it gets a lot of crap for, yeah. uh, for stuff, but the move that they made a couple years ago to release the voting trends for everybody. So they release everybody's ballot. So, you know, who they voted for has been a huge thing, I think to help, help kind of legitimize this, this vote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the fact that you have not one single beat reporter from one of those cities with a Homer pick, picking their guy. It's that's amazing. It kind of makes me wonder, Dan, if there were just a bunch of guys who at the last second on their ballot, when they started to maybe hear the rumblings of unanimous, were like, fuck that. I'm not going to be the one guy. I do not be want to be the one out of a hundred who didn't give him the vote. Or the guys that like floated out a tweet where they hinted that they might yeah. not pick him. And then they just got blown up and they're like, well, I don't know if I should risk this. You know what this just reminded me of that. I can now send a text message to friend of the nation, friend of everybody, Ryan Pike oh. from flames nation about how he voted for Connor McDavid as the best player in the national hockey league. Shout out to you, Ryan Pike. I know you're. He player. is though, like, like he is, and we're giving people credit for something like. <laughs> I just they think should it's funny. Be doing. Well, no, but it's just it's, not, it's from like, the past it's like not. It's like not littering. It's like not picking up garbage. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, man. I just. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. This, there's just there's there was nothing close in this in this season. Like what Austin Matthews did is fantastic, but the fact that it was beaten down so badly by what Connor did, it's. It is what it is. There's nothing you can really say about it. 
Well, I got to say that this, I think it was close because Drysaddle was just the second best player in the league. And which leads me to Tyler. Still, Go ahead. Yeah. So 20 some, so 20 some points off. Yeah. Um, hilarious, by the way. So looking at the Hart Trophy award uh, and looking at the, each writer and who voted for who, there were a couple of writers who had McDavid and Drysaddle one and two on their heart trophy ballot. And uh, the first one was Brian Hedger from the Columbus Dispatch, a Columbus Blue Jackets writer. And the only other writer who had McDavid and Drysaddle one and two on his heart ballot was Edmonton's own Mark Spector. It's understandable, man. I, I get because the way the, the wording of the, of the award goes, that it's really hard to have two of the whatever. I get that. But if we look at like the M- what MVP stands for and, and take out the nuances of the wording, yeah, it's very easy to say that Leon had the second best season. It's and uh, also looking at the Selkie Trophy when it comes to Leon Drysaddle, there were two writers who had Leon Drysaddle coming second place for the best defensive forward in the NHL, and they were Mark Spector. And Jim Matheson. Hey, hey, hometown boys. Yeah, shout voting out to for Shane. our boys. <laughs> who were the two? Who were the two that voted for Mike Smith? That's GMs. GMs vote on the Vesna, so we won't know. Do they not tell us? They don't tell us though. No, they don't tell us which GMs. I ah, boo. That's like a oh, conflict. There'd be a little bit. Of, there'd be a little bit of tampering, I think. Like, can you imagine if Shevel Dayoff left Hellebuck <laughs> off his ballot or some shit like that? Like Holland didn't even have Smith there. He's like, nah, man, not that good of a year. Also, if we're talking about votes as well, Darnell Nurse racking up a couple of uh, second Norris votes. So you guys are ready to hear he got two second or sorry, three second place Norris votes. Did Darnell Nurse. You ready to hear who voted for him? Yes. Yes, please. So the first one was Sam Carcitti of the Philadelphia Inquirer. So a Flyers reporter of all people. Um, the other one was or number two was Eric Erlinson, Tampa Bay Lightning insider. And the third one who gave Darnell Nurse a second place Norris vote was Eric Francis. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Eric Francis Our from boy. Calgary? Eric Francis from Calgary voted Darnell Nurse behind only Kale McCarr for the, for the Norris. Wow, good for you, Eric Francis. Turning turn teams. Well, and a lot of people were saying afterwards that Nurse got robbed because he didn't get any votes. He got voted as the best defenseman in the North by like a long shot. Jeff Petrie yep. was like fourth and fifth on things, I think on people's ballots. Otherwise there was no other North division defenseman that got any credit. So, so full marks to Darnell nurse for that. It is kind of weird though, to see that the uh, defenseman that had the most points get shut out completely. Not like I get one. it. I'm not sitting here trying to, I'm not sitting here saying that Barry should have been or anything. Yeah, like that, that's, but yeah. The fact like not one, not a one, not a two, not a three. Like it's well, and big, and Beg Milk has talked about it before. The the goalposts that move with these votes sometimes is is pretty shocking. Like next year, I I guarantee you the guy with the most points will also be in the Norris Trophy conversation again, and that's just the way it is. Well, it depends. I think it really depends who it is, you know, because with Tyson Berry, nobody could ever question what he does in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. The guy moves the puck, he distributes, he fucking executed a one-year plan as perfectly as one can do it. However, there are times when he is a fucking yard sale in his own end. And I don't know how many Norris votes are going to go to somebody who is just an adventurer out there. He's like, sometimes he's like a rover, you know? Well, you got to go back to like the mid, 
you go back to the mid '90s, and I'm sure Sanders Ozelinch got a vote or two in there, right? And that dude. Well, was, yeah, but he could throw he a check, though, you know. Mike he was Green pretty skeptical in his own end too. Mike yeah, Green won the trophy with with just all offense. Like he was basically a forward playing defense for Washington. That is true. That is true. But I, I wonder just how uh, Barry's defensive missteps kind of weighed into just being like, yeah, okay, you got a lot of points on the power play with McDavid and Drysaddle. Who and, didn't? And I was going to say that's the other thing too. I think because that that people play it down because he's playing with Darnell Nurse or he's playing with McDavid and Drysaddle. I, I mean, if, if we're looking at those two, since Darnell's the one that got the votes, I mean, Daryl's the more complete defenseman. Yeah, 100%. You know? But Rick's not wrong in saying that nope, how, often, how often does a, the highest scoring defenseman not get credit? It is, it, is fun, it is fun watching Connor and Leon just like pass MVP trophies back and forth, no? Yeah, it is. Like, here, okay, for, me, one for all us other fans. You. Dude, I'm telling you, I tweeted last night, I was like, uh, you sprinkle in a couple Stanley Cups with all this passing back and forth of MVP trophies, and I'm going to become the most smug fan out there. Like, I'm going to be – that's going to be terrible. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be terrible for some people. Well, and but watching actually, what these guys do out there is crazy. Add in some Stanley Cups, man, and we'll be 11 feet tall. Well, it's we like three of the last five Hart trophies are those two. <laughs> well, we didn't – and we didn't mention it in the rundown for this episode, but I just wanted to throw it out there too. Like Gregor pointed out, Drysaddle didn't even get a mention for the all-star teams, which at the end of the day, <laughs> who cares? But like nice. the second leading scorer in the league didn't get a nod at all. So, I mean, there is still stuff in the, with the awards that is just jank. Isn't it weird though? Isn't it weird though? The, the best goaltender, the Vesna winner was on the second team. Yeah, that is odd. Hey, well, and also, yeah, like you're uh, the best goaltender, but, you're not on the, you're, you know, Vasilevsky got the, the first spot. Who did win the was... I didn't even look. Flower. Fleur. Fleur. Really? Yeah. Yeah. His first I don't know ever. about you guys. Like we mentioned this, Dan, I know you said it. Like I had no idea that the awards were last night. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I, I'm going to mention it in my, in my hot and cold performance, but that was just. There a... were a couple. I remember seeing like retweets because the, like, the Oilers would say something about it and you really wouldn't look at it and somebody like, oh, this is a funny way of the NHL saying that Connor McDavid was going to be given the Hart Trophy on Tuesday. Like, that would, so I'm just seeing like retweets and people are making like little side jokes about it. I can't say that, you know, there's a billboard or something that caught my eye that the NHL put out there. That, uh, in fact, I didn't even look to see if it was on TV. I thought it was just online at first. And I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. I got to watch Twitter. Like, what is this? I found what? out about the awards happening because our social media guy was. He sent me a, a text to, he sent me a, a meme for approval of Connor winning both awards. I'm like, oh shit. Good for you, Waz. Always on top of things. And speaking of weird votes as well, I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, McDavid won the MVP trophy, but he didn't get all of the first ballot awards for the all star team. Uh, Seth Rorabaugh of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review gave Sidney Crosby the nod for the all star team ahead of him. I got to. Got to, you got to. Which is weird. Did he, did he vote? <laughs> did he vote on the heart trophy? I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to. I'll have to look. I have to get Tyler because he got a hundred. Like if the same people. Me. Yeah. Is it the same people that yeah. do that? Or yeah. Let me look here. Heart. I was Seth. You said that that. Uh, yeah, Seth Rorabra. Rorabra. Where? Yeah, he did have a vote, and he picked Big David as the number one. Well, that's, See, that's, that's just, what that's I mean. That's the same. But he's But he didn't pick him. But 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 here's the thing. The flurry thing all over again. To all the writers that are listening to this, 
do what you want with the all-star team vote on the all-star team how you want pick the heart memorial trophy as the best player in the league mm-hmm. that's it and Dude, they got to change the wording of they got to change the wording of the rule then like there is that the, the, the wording of the rule the way it team. is is it's weird like just fucking fix it to me the award that mcdavid won last night that means more anyway is the ted Lindsay. 100 percent. players yeah. vote on that one players are the the peers vote best player Connor mcdavid to me that's the one that matters. I've said it a bunch of times over the years. Seeing who wins the Ted Lindsay is the most interesting to me. I don't really care about who the writers think. Uh, no offense to all of you. Thank you. All of St. Frank Saravalli. On, on, on <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got for housekeeping? Ah, yes. Holland said in his presser, um, he is expecting to meet Oscar Clefbaum and then, or speak with, I should say, over the next 10 days. Tyler said that the lists for expansion have to be in by the 17th. So he's going to talk to Oscar with time to spare on that. We'll see what it comes with that. But Jason Greger reported on withersnation.com this past Monday to quote, Right now, based on conversations I've had recently, I say it's very unlikely Clefbaum will be ready to start the season. One source says, I think it's 95% that he won't play again. Hmm. So take that as you will. That is from Oilers Nation. And let me see if the quote continues here a little bit. If he is unable to play again, I hope he is able to accept it without much pain and suffering. Yeah, that's a bummer, you know? Because like you reach the highest level He's got a contract and then just to have it taken away from you. But at the same point, got to take care of your health. Cause if, if that shoulders is banged up as it would probably need to be to, for him to contemplate retirement, he's a young guy. He's a young guy. We, so we'll we talked about this so much too. Like, I mean, it's better to just probably for us to just wait till there is news. Right. We've been speculating on the club injury for like a calendar year now. It's wild. What I can confirm though, Tyler, is that his abs are probably still looking delicious. And mm-hmm. that's what matters the most out of anything, you know? Right. Tyler, get your think you can do your abs with a shoulder injury? Like I'm just trying to think, oh, think buddy. what if happens if it's a bit of a he does he need a bit of a sling to hold it in spot. Maybe he's got a bit of a maybe they're not looking so hot right now and he's got a extra down about it. That would that would be the most troubling news of all. If the abs are gone. Pray for us. Pray for the abs. So is that is that how he's gonna announce it? Is that how he's gonna just lift Reveals the shirt one ab at a time? Yeah, if, if he's all jacked I up, am he's coming back. back to Edmonton. <laughs> That's how it goes. I love it. Tyler, get your buttons ready. It is time for the Hot Cold Performers of the Week. Courtesy of our friends at Deuce Vodka. If you go to deucevodka.com, first thing you see, Brett Kessel. Looking handsome, sitting in the mountains. Got a fresh bottle of Deuce Vodka. You go to find in store buttons right there you'll have a store locator where you too can get a bottle of deuce vodka for the weekend oh yeah it's wednesday it's not the weekend maybe you just want to close out the week with a cocktail i'm not judging thursday is pretty damn close to the weekend man it's Mm -hmm. pretty much the weekend right now this is like the equivalent to like noon on a friday that's how close we are to the weekend right now that's true deucevodka.com find yourself a bottle uh, store locator is listed right there as we do every week, boys, we start with our veggies. It's time for the cold performers. Dan, you're up first on my screen. Who you got? Deuce Vodka, cold performer of the week. Oh, I'm – it's tough because I, I try not to be too negative, but 
there is a trend that is going on in our fair city right now, and it just needs to stop. There's a lot of hate and a lot of anger being spewed at a lot of um, marginalized groups and and persons of color, and it just has to stop. And it takes every single one of us in this city to to do that. And when you recognize and you hear the hate, you need to speak up or you need to try and and try and do your best to try and stop that. So. Uh, my cold performer of the week is just the the hate that is is flying around a little bit right now. We need to overcome it. I don't have my buttons because I'm not at home. Uh, can Ooh, you make your can you make cold. sounds can you make sounds with your mouth then, please? He tr- he tried. I like that. There we go. This is we got new buttons this week. It's time. <laughs> Rick's up next. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Okay, mine's gonna come out from. Uh... It just goes. It goes to Gary Batman. It's gonna go like not the way everyone expects it to go. Look, you're just you're lying to the camera if you say that you're 100 percent okay with the official, right? I get it. You're from the the era where you really don't air your dirty laundry in public. I get not wanting to, you know, say anything bad about about your own officials during you know on television. I, I get all of that, but I think we're in a time now where there's enough people it's being brought up that you just have to sort of kind of acknowledge it in a way that suits both sides. Like, you know what guys, we have been wrong. So we do get a bit of a slap on the wrist and it has to appease the other side because everybody has to be happy at the end of the day. But if you could just go up there and go, you know what guys, you know what? Cause he did bring up the fact that humans make mistakes, right? And I'm okay with that. I get that it's part of it. No problem. But after that, you just dropped, you know what? We're always trying to become better um you don't have to come on and say we have the best you know they do have the best officials in hockey in the world obviously just the way the rankings everything goes but you don't have the best officials based in anything anywhere enough with these stupid ass um all or nothing uh comments you know what guys we're always trying to be better we're always trying to improve ourselves we never want to let anyone down we've there's been some times out there that haven't looked great on camera and we, we're going to become better we're always going to try and be better and you can just leave it at that. But this whole, we are the best and the best of the hockey and the best in the world and all this stupid bullshit, man. Like, get off that because you're honestly, you're only hurting yourself in the long run. So this comes to just Batman. I guess anybody who's just not willing to admit like a little bit of fault, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Just say we're trying to work on it and move on. That's, we were taught this when we were growing up as children. Come on. Cold sound. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good button. Tyler, you're next up. Uh, just uh, talk a cold from the week. My cold performer of the week is going to be my parents' basement because that is where I have moved back since it's so hot. I don't have AC <laughs> at my house anymore. So the other day, I was sitting around. My girlfriend works from home, and we looked at each other at like 9.30 in the morning when our apartment was still somehow 34 degrees. And I just said, why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, we're both double vaxxed. My parents are both double vaxxed. I'm the only one in my whole family who hasn't been double vaxxed for a full two weeks. And I just said, you know what? Um, I think we should go live with my parents for a while. So that's what I'm doing now. My parents' basement is cold. I am back to being nothing more than a blogger out of my parents' basement. And that gets my cold performer of the week. (laughs) Give yourself a button, Tyler. Burr. The the Gucci main one. Burr. (laughs) Burr, the Gucci main one. Nice uh my cold performer of the week is the fucking sun doing his job damn it but man chill out bro good lord i like this kind of weather i really do 
but normally I can swim up to a bar and get a cocktail when it's going on. And Frank hasn't learned how to use the blender. So I've got two the, performers of the week. The buildings have AC in these types of places. You go to Vegas, it's hot. You suck into the casino. You go play craps for a little bit. Cools you off. You're ready to go back outside again. Exactly. So the sun is my cold performer of the week and Frank for not knowing how to use the blender. I love you, buddy. Figure it out. <laughs> can I have a button, Tyler? I, I don't remember <laughs> what my cold performer buttons are. I'm going to have new ones coming up, though. So you know, We you make have it? been bamboozled and hoodwinked. And something else. There you go, Dan. There you go, Dan. Dan Stephen A. Smith. Uh, all right, flipping the ledger. Let's let's end off on a positive. Hot performers of the week. Tyler, starting with you. Reverse yeah, the order. I'm going to keep it short and sweet here. Uh, he's been a cold performer on this podcast plenty of times. But you know what? I'm going to give it to Eric Francis for giving Darnell Nurse some love <laughs> in the North Trophy Bowl. Like that is just so funny. The guy who is consistently anti Oilers, a massive Flames homer, is able to set that aside and go. You know what? The big D man. He was the second best defenseman in the NHL next last season. I, I love that Eric Francis gave the Oilers some love. He's my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's up next. Your Deuce Block, a hot performer of the week. Well, I think this one's going to go to, and I, it's weird that, I get, that they get it, but this one goes to the Yankees. They <laughs> they, uh, they righted a wrong from mm, yeah. quick math says about 60 years ago. And Gwen Goldman, as a young child, she wanted to become a Batgirl for the Yankees. She wrote in, and the Yankees primarily said, you know what, the uh, ballpark is no place for a girl. And it kind of died at that. So obviously that was the time in the 60s. However, now in 2021, they brought her back as a 70-year-old and let her fulfill her dream. Um, I'm a type of person that that still would be great for me. Like, I don't want to go stand and hold the uh, hold the flag at the, on the blue line before the other game. Yes, please. Like, where can I – I'm putting sock tape on. I'm getting fully dressed for it. Like, I'm going full bore for this so I can appreciate this. So Yankees, I guess, sort of have to give it to you here for finally letting this lim- this woman uh, live out her dream. Um, that's uh, hot. That's a weird <laughs> noise to make, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to add to Rick's hot performer, how happy did she look in all the photos and everything? Oh, yeah. She's having the best Dude, I'm time. Telling, I'm telling you right now, as a 40-year-old, I would need ecstatic to stand next to connor anybody you know put chris russell next to me while i'm gonna hold the uh the flag there i'll wear the full cheese grater if they really want me to i was gonna say we can probably get you to be a bat boy at the old ballpark let rick bat boy for the river (laughs) that's what we want he messaged you when you were when he was 16 years old river hawks and you didn't let him (laughs) dan you're next up deuce vodka hot performer of the week well, I don't have his cell phone number. He doesn't follow me on social media, but I'm going to give it to DFO Hockey, <laughs> Daily Face-Off Zone, Frank Saravalli, for the question he asked of Bill Daly. Did Bill yes. Daly answer the question? Not at all. No. But the fact that a media member was able to, you know, stand up to two of the biggest guys in this league and ask them, are you okay with the Tampa Bay Lightning cir- <laughs> circumventing the cap? And they, they didn't say they weren't. Uh, so... Yeah, Frank Saravelli, you're my deuce vodka hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. He's a hot guy. <laughs> nice. Uh, there you go. Uh, I'll just wrap things up. Deuce vodka hot performer of the week for me. How could I not? The Ryan Nugent Hopkins extension. I give credit to Ken Holland for working it out. 
I give credit to Ryan Nugent Hopkins for working it out. Um, give yourself a, a little day. bit here. Yep. Give yourself a little bit here. If you the, think the if you think the uh, keep Nuge forever hashtag didn't have something to do with this, look at look at the uh, tweet last night when the Oilers said, you know what, that tweet was directly at you. So you got a little bit of credit for this too here. I don't well, think I've heard that, that you're not going to get a percentage of it, but you get a little bit of credit for it. I've heard that a few times, and I won't take the credit for it. The hashtag turned into it, it's just got a life of its own now. Uh, I was trying to find a while ago the first time I ever used it. And I don't know if it was on the site or if it was on Twitter or where it was, but that hashtag is to see it trending yesterday. I was like a proud parrot, you know, just to see. And then when the Oilers, their announcement was we're keeping him. Winky face. Winky face. They knew. Okay. I see what you're doing. Um, (laughs) So my hot performer of the week is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. My boy, my this was very good for the brand, boys. I will tell you, I'll tell you that. Rick's wearing a Keep Nuge Forever shirt. People were, were buying them up yesterday. We've got new flavors coming, so I'm excited about it. This is a good. Hey, day. you sent out you sent out those thank you cards to uh, the Calgary before. I, did. I think you should. Uh, I think we should get a, a thank you card to OEG and see how far. Let's see if they say uh, they post this anywhere. I don't know who you had to put it to, but I think you should send one or two. I I'll even I'll even I'll even I'll split the cost with you too. I'll eat. I'll, you know what? Stamps are cheap, brother. Mm-hmm. We got fucking stamp money around here. Uh, we'll send that <laughs> to OG. Thank, thanks, thanks for signing Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Makes me happy. I picked a horse, and he's still in the race. Hell yeah! Damn, uh, Arby boys, wheels up! Eat Man, these buttons are way better. Tyler, you're fired. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Tyler. Uh, from Sherwood Ford, skip the dishes, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka. I'm happy today. It's a Wednesday podcast. We've got some days off coming. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is locked up for eight years. Connor McDavid, NHL's best by a sizable margin. Oh, and just lastly, one, one last thing. The videos of Connor and Leon talking to each other about the awards <laughs> were so fucking fun. So good. They were so first of all, funny. are they why are they sitting so close to the wall? And second, are they in the same house? They look that like they're in the same like, room. That color looked like <laughs> I want to see like they've got each other's girlfriends in there. They're about twelve feet apart, and they're taping their things here. Dude, they look like they're pretty close. And if I we get to the end of this one day and find out they were in the same house, just having you know a nice little summer day, that'll be even better. Or we need to start comparing paint swatches from both <laughs> castles. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Also, I was super pumped yesterday to see Leon Dreisaitl in his story, giving a shout out to Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the extension. Nuggy baby. Nuggy baby. I loved it. And again, another Dude. hot performer of the week goes to Josh Park. The, the meme that oh, he yeah. put out, the video after the extension, he told us on our team meeting yesterday, we do them on Tuesdays. He's like, I'm going to whip something up for the Nugent Hopkins extension. And he crushed it. He really did. So Josh Park, you were very good at those. Thank you. Thank Oh, Thank you to OEG for letting us take Josh Park. I'll wrap it up on that. <laughs> <laughs> From Dan, Tyler, and Rick, and myself, Weather's Nation Radio episode 146 is in the books. Thanks for listening. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Let's grow this podcast as the offseason rolls on. Thank you for listening, everybody. Shout out Eric Francis. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. 
Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.